Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hello, and welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas or Halloween spirit alive 365 days a year or a month. We're doing the latter. We're here for some Halloween content, Anthony. You and me tonight, just us. Just us. Anthony and Julia. That's right. How Due are to you? some unforeseen circumstances, Tom is not able to join us. Um, he's got some family stuff going on that's way more important than the podcast for tonight. So we just get to talk horror. We do just get to talk horror. And we even rearrange our schedule for Tom. So even though we always joke, he's the worst. Or I always <laughs> joke, he's the worst. We love him. <laughs> we do love him. Um, speaking you? of horror... Yes, I'm working my I have I have no voodoo updates. No work at Julie watching voodoo this week because I'm I focused on my Flanagan October. So I finished uh, Haunting of Hill House um, and then texted you, man, this show always makes me sob like a baby. And then I quickly moved on to Bly Manor, which also makes me sob like a baby. (laughs) And last night I finished Midnight Mass, which also makes me sound like a baby. <laughs> I've I finished my three as well. My three nice. rewatches as well. Yeah. I now with it. Hill ha- with Hill House, the ending. Mm-hmm. You would you still have been happy with that with the original ending that you would have seen that it was the red room they were in. It wasn't really them moving on. It was like the I house that trapped them. Nope. <laughs> I would have been absolutely. Was that the original ending? The original ending was them when they were pulled out. You were going to see it was actually they were in the red room, like when they're all gathered around him with the cake. It was going to be the re- they were in the red room and implied the house had kept them all. Did they screen test it and it didn't go well? I'm not sure why they changed it. Interesting. I would have been absolutely horrified by that ending. So from a <laughs> horror perspective, it would have been more effective. But from a does Julia like that kind of ending, that would have been a big fat fail. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I like the I liked the optimistic ending. Same with Bly Manor. Like, yeah, Mike Flanagan knows how to end on an optimistic note. He really does. Even in Midnight Mass, where like, (laughs) um, oh man, like, but the end of Hill House always gets me. The end of Bly Manor always gets me, especially when she's looking around and you keep flashing from them in the pet. So it's like him dancing with her as a kid and then the adults. It's so good. It's so good. Spoiler alert, by the way, if you've not watched any of these, number one, stop listening to this episode and watch all of the Flanagan properties on Netflix. They're phenomenal. And this comes from a person who doesn't love horror, by the way. Including the fall of the House of Usher, which drops, which will have dropped by the time this episode drops. Holy crap. When does it drop? 
I think this Friday, the 12th. Oh so my there's, gosh. Yeah. But not the whole thing, right? Or the whole thing. The whole thing. Oh, yes. So that's my that's weekend. That's why I pay for Netflix. <laughs> oh that's my, my gosh. That's my weekend. Account that is for. your weekend. Okay. We're going to have to like cover that one. I think so too. After it drops. I, I just love so. his stuff. It has so much heart to it. And he really invests in his characters. And I know I said it after we watched Midnight Mass initially. I'm pretty sure I messaged you and was like, that's the most Stephen King Flanagan has ever been, including when he did Dr. Sleep, a Stephen King property. <laughs> Midnight Mass feels so Stephen King. Um, it does. Which but to with, me is a plus. With less redneck. But with less what? Less rednecks. Less Stephen- rednecks. Stephen King loves his uh, rednecks, hillbilly, tra- in all of his books. Yeah, okay, whatever the main equivalent, whatever the Northeast equivalent of a redneck is, he loves I mean, them. Yeah, I guess there are fewer, because there's really only, like, one in Midnight Mass. <laughs> yeah. But, hmm, I love his stuff. It's so good. Did you... And you watched Tush for the first time this year. We talked about I that did. before. But so did you good. notice in that the book she wrote they were talking about at the beginning was Midnight Mass? That's right. Up- so, okay. So, Haunting of Hill House is inspired by Shirley. What's her face's Haunting Shirley of Hill Jackson. House? Shirley Jackson. Yep. Yes. Uh, Bly Manor is inspired by, is the turn of the screw. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, is Midnight Mass original Flanagan then? His original. He said he first came up with the idea when he was a kid. When he asked either a teacher or a parent, are we vampires? Because we're drinking the blood in church. They didn't know how to answer him. They're like, no, we're not (laughs) vampires. But he was like, he was always surprised nobody deliberately (laughs) made that connection in like a movie before. So he decided to. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um. So, so no voodoo for me this last week because I've been I've been head down in Netflix content. Well, Haunted Mansion's on Voodoo now, the new one. Oh, also on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, put that on the Halloween schedule for next year, just for yeah. you, Julia. Since well, I, you. you know, I put Totally Killer on there for Tom. I was like, you know what, get some of their fun stuff on. Totally there. Killer. Yeah. What is that? that? Okay, that is an Amazon Prime movie that just debuted, and it is so freaking fun. Me and Sarah loved it. It's about the Sweet 16 killer in 1987 murdered three girls around Halloween. And then the present, he murders this girl's mom. So she goes back in time to 1987 to team up with her teenage mom and try to stop. It's awesome. Okay, that sounds fun. Yeah. Have you seen Happy Death Day? No. Is uh, that a gives, good one? It gives vibes like that. Yeah. Happy Death Day. Okay. She gets stuck in the time loop until she stuck so she uh figures out who's killing her. It's very fun. Interesting. So you put it on here for Tom because Tom also liked it. Tom has mentioned on the show, which I'm sure he, if he's listening to this, he's like, How many times do I have to mention it? Like, do you guys listen when I talk? Uh he I've has never mentioned heard it. him say those words together. Totally killer. I've never heard him say that. Mm-hmm. He said it. Who are we talking to? somebody recently maybe the natalie episode when we did casper he mentioned it but uh 
But yeah, so I put Totally Killer in there for him next year. Happy Death Day on because it's another fun one. So nice. I I got you guys covered with three fun ones next year. Then Scream you Four really and do. Halloween, and then Scream Four and Halloween ends. It's gotta finish them off. <laughs> oh, Randall is in this movie. Oh boy, Randall's in Totally Killer. Yep, I love Randall. Claire, and I like the from main Modern character family. here. This Kiernan Shipka, I like her a lot too. Who we've covered on the show. Yes, we have. And Sabrina, we'll right? Co- yep, and we'll cover later this year because she's in that new Christmas movie, Red One, with Dwayne Johnson. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm still waiting for them to date that one. Lots of these movies are still undated. I'm trying to schedule the end of the year like to be on top of they... new stuff. I mean, is there a chance they won't come out this Christmas? We'll see. Oh, boy. All right. I mean, they're done. Just date them. Yeah. What's you? Um, what, what have you been up to? So I got this Betty White Golden Girls ornament from Hallmark. Now this Love one it. is from 2021, but it sold out in 21, and then after Betty White died, it's been on eBay for like three hundred dollars. It's been, but Hallmark re-released it this year, limited edition. For $19.99, so I managed to snag it before it sold out again. Oh man, so, so there's a bunch of suckers that paid 300 bucks on eBay only for Hallmark to re-release it. So I now have all four Golden Girls. Oh, I love it. What does she yeah. say? They talk, uh, I assume. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't opened her yet. Oh, that's exciting. So did you change your mind and you're going to put your tree up? Well, I don't think we're going to Canada this year. Because you know? we can we can find somebody to watch the place that takes Larry normally. It's been booked up since July for Christmas, what? and my parents are going to Florida, so they can't watch him. And my sister and her husband are working over Christmas. And then, like, we've tried Rover.com to find like a house, but they all have their regular clients and have been booked up for a while. So, we're probably Good just, grief. We July. Don't wanna, we don't want to just leave him in like. He's our baby. We don't want to leave him in some mm-hmm. strange kennel. So yeah. we'll, go, we'll go in the summer instead and just spend Christmas at home. So I'll get to decorate. So that's good. Oh, man. I mean, I'm happy and sad about that. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. You like it better in the winter or in the summer? I like it in the winter because it's always a snowy Christmas. Yeah. And it's like a winter wonderland up there. Sarah likes it in the summer. Yeah. She thinks it's too cold in the winter. So she's, she'll be I'm happy sure to go in the summer cool. anyway. <laughs> is it mild um, in the summer? It never really gets hotter than like low to mid 70s. So it's very nice. Great. Like and at, and at night, you still need like a sweatshirt or a hoodie or something because it gets cool down at night. So it's nice. It is nice. It's really nice. It's mm-hmm. a great summer. That'll be a mm-hmm. reprieve. Yeah. So. Well, okay. We'll go into summer. And then also I'm excited, big pop culture news. Won't be exciting for you because you don't like it, but for the masses at large, rumor the Seinfeld's getting a revival, that Jerry and Larry are working on a Seinfeld revival, which nobody ever saw that coming. Expected, no. Yeah, but he... They were the whole end on a high note. But he hinted at it in a live, you know, one of his stand-up acts recently. He took a Q&A from the audience and he said they're working on something. So we'll see. Like 
getting the gang back together minus well they, they asked if he liked the ending because the ending was so controversial like a lot of people didn't like the ending and jerry said well funny thing about the ending i can't really say but he, i forgot how he phrased it but basically said they're working on something and that may not be the ending and he he said uh what you're thinking right now is what larry and i have been talking about for a while so stay tuned so interesting okay that'd be a huge draw it would be and i feel like in terms of things that come can come back like seinfeld was just about the minutiae of everyday life anyway like that's one that can come back easily without feeling like oh do they have to you know what i mean like yeah yeah no i fully agree (laughs) you can and like they don't have to like build out any of the character stories or anything either right like none of them left attached right Yeah, exactly yeah yeah, so. it's like it's like uh, Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. Never changes enough to where it's a problem. Well, Never good changed. for you. No Thank desire, you. but I am happy for you and millions of other people that love Seinfeld. Thank you, Julia. You're welcome. I feel like I had something else to say too, but I forget what. I don't know. What about turn. you? What about you? What about you, Julia? How are the kitties? Oh, they're good. It's October, which means a lot of things, but it means I have no free weekends because they're all devoted to marching band. So that's exciting. Ethan's first real competition is this upcoming weekend. Um, So it's just if we can survive to Halloween, it's all downhill from there. Yeah, it is. So I'm excited. All downhill. I'm excited for you. Yeah. TBD on costumes. Still don't know for sure. Is Gabe definitely dressing up? He'll dress up, right? I don't know if Gabe will dress up. Jude will dress up. But I don't know if Gabe will dress up. He was like on the fence last year and he just used an old costume. I don't know what he's going to do this year. I haven't asked. We haven't even decorated outside yet, which is shocking. That is shocking. That's disappointing. It's disappointing me. I don't. I don't spearhead Halloween decorating outside. That is not my business. But like Gabe is usually. That's also disappointing. I mean, (laughs) I know what I'm about. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what is also disappointing? (laughs) I know you're not about to say the movie we're covering tonight. Oh, I'm absolutely going to say the movie we're covering tonight. Tonight, as it is October, and we've really been hyping the spooky content, Anthony decided it would be a really great idea to both put this movie on the schedule and have me host it. So tonight we're talking about the 2003 movie, Freddy versus Jason. Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Speaking of Clash of the Titans, I would rather have watched that movie than this one. I was telling Anthony offline before we started recording. <laughs> it's perplexing to me that he picked this movie for me to host, as I've neither seen a Freddy movie or a Jason movie and uh, have no history with the, with the characters at all. So... I will be playing the role of walking you through the plot tonight, and Anthony will be playing the role of filling me in on everything I've missed by not knowing these characters really at all, beyond like what's splattered on 
you know. Do you have questions? Did, were questions raised watching this movie for you? Oh, absolutely. And they were like kind of immediately answered. But like when you're just thrown in this world, especially with this movie, where it relies on you knowing these characters going into it, I had to do a lot of like backwards logic to be like, <laughs> is this a, oh, this is a, and so my notes are a bit of a mess. <laughs> but okay. it's going to be fun. Okay. So 2003, Freddy versus Jason. Quick plot synopsis. It's real simple. Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees return to terrorize the teenagers of Elm Street. Only this time, they're out to get each other, too. Hence, Freddy versus Jason. I don't think that's the best plot synopsis. It's succinct. Jason doesn't terrorize Elm Street. He was tricked into it, but okay. Okay, well, here, let's try this one then. It's been nearly 10 years since Freddy Krueger terrorized people in their dreams, and the townsfolk want to keep him erased from their memory. Freddy still has one more plan on getting back to Elm Street. He resurrects Jason Voorhees and sends him off to kill. The more bodies which fall to the ground, the stronger in which Freddy becomes. This is until Freddy realizes that Jason isn't going to step aside easily and must be taken down himself. That's better. That's, That's better. A better one. Awfully written, though, whoever wrote that. It is awfully written, but, <laughs> but it's it does one. give a little more detail. The tagline, oh, bless. The tagline for this movie, the slicer, the dicer, and this time, they're not any nicer. Well, that, I have never heard that tagline. I do remember the tagline, one, two, Freddy's coming for you, three, four, Jason's at the door. <laughs> Maybe somebody just threw it in here. <laughs> How many taglines are actually listed? Let's look at that. Because let's be real, my sources might not be great. They all come from IMDb. <laughs> so I'm only as good as you people that are contributing, that are contributing to it. Uh, let's see, which one did you hear? Oh, okay. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, Jason's at your door. Okay. How about this one? When the son of a hundred maniacs battles an unstoppable killing machine, none will survive. Where are these coming from? <laughs> Even a killer has something to fear. A fight to the death. Winner kills all. That's pretty good. Oh boy, what a trip. Okay. Uh let's do let's do histories first. And then we'll look at the tiny little cast I'm gonna allow ourselves to cover. Anthony. Everybody knows my history. I got zero. But what well, is your history? Well, I have a question about your history before I give yeah, mine. Sure. Mm-hmm. As a child of the 80s. How, how how did you like and I know you were young in the 80s, 90s is really your like teenage years. Right. I get that, but they were still making Freddie and mm-hmm. Jason movies. How did you avoid to this point in your life, you've still never even seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th, correct? Correct. My mother. That's the that's why I've never seen them. So, like, in the 80s, I would never have been allowed to see these, right? Right. Both because age and, like, the level of boobs that happen in these. And then in addition (laughs) to, my mom is, like, so anti-horror stuff, period. So, that's the 80s explanation. The 90s explanation is, I don't think it just ever appealed to me. I never gravitated towards horror movies, period. Like, we're talking poltergeist is the level of scary movie and I and and that was palatable to me because it was Spielberg and it was like funny and scary at the well, same Spielberg, time. Spielberg produced, he didn't direct. Oh, produced, right. 
Um, so like those are the movies I really remember watching in the nineties, maybe late eighties on accident because my parents didn't know I was watching it. So I never got into like the slashery stuff. However, Marty does have a history with Nightmare on Elm Street. I've mentioned a few times that he is not a horror fan either, but he feels like Freddy is the most effective horror character because something killing you in your dreams, he's like, that is horrifying. Mm -hmm. Like next level scary. He's like slow walkers with big knives. Doesn't scare me, but something haunting me in my dreams, that scares me. So okay. I don't really have a history with it, but I know you do. So, so let's this, do Freddy history, Jason history, and then this movie history. So it's all kind of tied up with this. So okay. this is the first Freddy or Jason movie I saw. This is the oh. first rated R movie I saw in theaters. Okay, so my, how old were you? This, this is came 2003, out 2003. So I was, I was born in 89. So what was that? I was... I don't know what that is. That's math. You tell me. I was probably like 13. Oh my gosh. You had to be 17 years old to watch this. Did your parents take you? My father took me. Oh, snap. Freddy versus Jason. You know, this is something horror fans have wanted for ages. And we'll get into all that. But. Really? But I just remember my vivid memory from this movie is sitting there with my father. And literally two minutes in, that girl takes off her shirt and it's like i have a surprise for you with that boobs and i'm just sinking down in my chair like boobs and butt immediately yep. 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 um yep. Uh, i'm embarrassing next to your dad <laughs> oh i hate it <laughs> but as a 13 year old or however old i was at the time 13 14 i don't know around there mm-hmm. depends when it was released in 2003 um i mean you just wanted to see these two guys fight and I was into it. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, so after this, this is really around the time I started getting into horror, like Scream and everything like that. I did go back and watch the original series. And those series are... Up. So Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, definitely holds up. I don't know if there's ever really been a good Freddy the 13th movie until like the 2009 remake. Um, <laughs> it's interesting, right? So I watch all of those movies every year for Halloween now as part of my like scarathon. Mm-hmm. And they, Aaron <laughs> Elm Street is just a precipitous drop in quality <laughs> after the first one. Like it just goes off a cliff. Like, <laughs> Freddy was actually scary in that original one and by the time the series ends he's just goofy he talks too much he cracks too many jokes he talks so and, much and I think you got that in this film uh, mm-hmm. although trust me he's not as goofy in this one as he is in some of the later nightmare films they toned him back so take that for what you will and Jason I mean uh, I, again I don't think there was ever a good Jason those are just you're watching just for to see a big guy in a hockey mask kill naked people yeah. um, <laughs> so like credit to that character for transcending his crappy movies and becoming a horror icon I guess but yeah I I really enjoyed this movie at the time and I still do it's like a it's a it's that perfect. It's late. I can't sleep. I just want to watch something I could turn my brain off. It's that perfect kind of flick. It's to campy. TV. It's campy. Um, 
was Freddy campy is the first Freddy Krueger film. The first one is not campy. Neither. It starts getting campy with the third, which is arguably probably the last good one. Okay. The last. I feel like. The last objectively good one, whereas, you know, people may find ones after that good, but. I feel like at some point I will need to watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street, just for posterity's sake. At some point I will put it on for Halloween. Yeah. On the the list. I'll just wait for that then. With the 2009 remake of of Friday the 13th, because that one's actually good. Um, A remake? Yeah. Okay. Oh, a Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. The Nightmare on Elm Street remake is awful. But, uh... I guess you wait long enough, they remake everything. They remake everything. Especially in this genre. But they have been, they were trying to put these two icons on the big screen together since 1987. And they didn't manage to 2003 because of race issues and everything, and, like... By 1987, mm-hmm. both of these franchises are running out of steam anyway at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's why they finally killed Freddy off for good. And then, like, in the last Jason movie, like, Jason Goes to Hell, the last shot, they decided to tease this, like, in the early 90s or late 80s. It was his hockey mask, and you just, at the end, you just see Freddy's glove pop out the ground and grab his mask. And everyone was like, oh, that's awesome! Uh. And then they had to wait for, like years and one thing this movie excelled at was the marketing they went hog wild they even did a like boxing weigh-in with freddie and jason in vegas with these two actors in character like a whole big production (laughs) yeah um they were taking bets in vegas and atlantic city and all these places on who would win like and we'll talk about like how people got annoyed by the kind of cop-out ending where did either of them actually win but um yeah they had so many posters like they had the face-off posters and then the cool posters like freddie in the foreground and jason in the back so they really excelled at the marketing here um whether they excelled at anything else we shall see boy oh boy um okay so I love that your histories are commingled. No idea that was your first. My first Freddy, my first Jason, my first in theater rated R horror movie. Not my first Easy. rated R movie ever. Right. I think that was probably Scream. When did Scream come out initially? 96. Okay. All right. Or Striptease. Uh, oh, Striptease. No, you didn't. If I remember, do you remember FYE before all those stores shut down? I don't even know if they yes. exist anymore. I yes. remember going there with my dad once he said I could buy any movie, you know, he, he and he was up front talking to the guy. And at the time, I was allowed to watch rated R movies. So I'm, of course, browsing and there's Demi Moore, like, on the cover of this movie, naked, like, with her arms placed, you know appropriately like so it's just like a tease and i just oh remember gosh. my dad's talking to the guy if i'm gonna ask him if i can get this movie it's gonna be less embarrassing with him talking to the employee so i go up and say can i get this movie and the employee just burst out laughing but yeah like <gasps> I, <laughs> I <gosh>. that. <laughs> oh brother okay 
Um, all right. So uh, Ronnie, you directed this movie um, and we've got some expected stars in it. We obviously have Freddie and Jason. So we have Robert England playing Freddy Krueger and Ken Kierzinger playing Jason Voorhees. I know the answer on Freddy Krueger that he always played him is Ken Kierzinger, the guy that always played Jason. Now, this is the first and only time I played Jason. Kane Hodder mm-hmm. usually played Jason, but yet Ronnie, you replaced him because he wanted somebody a lot taller than Robert England for the size difference. And he yeah. wanted somebody with more uh, soulful puppy dog eyes almost. And he thought oh. this guy okay. had it. What a thought. <laughs> um, our gang of teens is comprised of, um, I mean, our core group. I actually don't even care enough to cover our gang of teens. In... Our collection of mainish characters. We have um Kelly Rowland um of Destiny's Child Fame uh yeah. playing Kia Waterson. This is post Destiny's Child, right? Yeah. Beyonce or during can, whatever. Beyonce can say what she wants, but she'd never appeared on screen with Freddie and Jason. That's so. true. She didn't. <laughs> That's true. Um, we also have uh Jason Ritter. Yes, it is John Ritter's son. Looks exactly um, like him. It looks exactly like him. Yep. We have a uh, teeny tiny part. Catherine Isabel plays Gib. Christopher Marquette plays Charlie, who I will refer to as nerdy virgin. Um, we also have Brendan Fletcher playing Mark. Now, Brendan Fletcher as Mark and Jason Ritter as Will appear to be characters from a previous movie right like they've got some history but like do they have history or do we just open down the movie saying that they have history or are they like on the movie saying they have okay. history well this whole, right. this whole idea of the town having found a way to forget about freddie all that happened off screen that never happened in the movie okay see these are the things i do have questions about um and then i'm putting her name last even though she's technically our main character and spoiler alert our final girl uh monica kina plays Lori who is who is our main girl um and she is abysmal as she far is, as an actor goes really she, terrible she's abysmal as far, as far as abysmal slasher movie actors yes. go she was literally hired i guarantee you for her two assets which are on prominent display this whole time but yes. girl cannot act oh. and yet she is our main character and um, we also have if you want to know how bad she is listeners none of our human cast is really that great but she makes some of these guys like seem like a-list actors compared to her when she's real sh- when she's sharing scenes with them real bad um okay so that's our casting credits um the only other one we should mention is Kyle Labine plays Freeberg the druggie the stoner Yes, I refer to him as the Toker. Uh, they're all. Who is they... Kyle Labine? Do we know him? Do you say you say that name like I should know that name? Uh, I don't think so. The only other thing oh, okay. I can think he was in is scary, story, scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. If you saw that movie, oh, okay, that wasn't he too play, long he, ago. He played the cop in that movie. That's how old he is now. He played the sheriff in that movie. Wowie wow! <laughs> How's so, about um, that? It's funny though because you say you're going to return refer to the one character as a virgin or the virgin the one character as a toker 
They are, oh, that's yes. all they are. They're stereotypes in this movie. They, oh, are, they are literally Randy's rules from Scream. These stereotypes. So <laughs> Randy's rules from Scream. Okay, let's get into it. I'm excited. I have once again taken notes. So I feel yes. like I'm setting a trend here that I'm going to regret very quickly once we get into Hallmark Ilk for this uh for this actual christmas season but for now it's working for me all right uh we open up with an immediate jump into freddie backstory which i didn't realize at first until i realized it so welcome to julia trying to figure out what i should already know but i don't um so we have a clean-faced freddie that confused me a whole lot immediately i'm like but what so it turns out, dear listeners, for those of you who have never seen Freddy, <laughs> he was a real life human who liked to kill kids. And then that and correct me if this movie is setting like a new lore that the original one didn't have, but the townspeople revolt against his terrible behaviors, burn his house to the ground with him inside of it. And yet he is resurrected in this evil form that is the slash faced knife fingered. So- freddie so yeah so he was a human who killed kids his favorite haunt was like elm street that neighborhood sure um and he had the glove as a human that was his like that did the glove have knives in it yeah yeah yeah. okay um he was arrested but the cops failed to sign the warrant property properly so he got off on a technicality by the judge so the townspeople took matters into their own hands some street vengeance and burned him in his boiler room which is why in the nightmare sequences he's always in a boiler room is he always in a boiler room in every movie i mean that's kind of his i mean he can really show up in anywhere in your dreams but yeah his boiler room because his home base yep okay and he uh yeah he somehow was he resurrected by dream demons and that's a whole another aspect of his backstory which is important here but he was resurrected and came back <laughs> as a dream demon and like he says in the movie that's where the fun really began oh my gosh yeah so my notes were do we know this backstory already is this recapping old movie footage <laughs> that I put that this fo- footage is really terrible is that actual footage from old movies like the, monta- like-, like the montage, like yeah, the montage of him killing kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only one I recognize because it's been out in the world is the the bed, the bloody bed. Oh um, yeah, the Johnny Depp. That is Johnny Depp, right? Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Johnny Depp. But in Nightmare on Elm Street, not actual Johnny Depp. Oh, you never saw um, the marionette one before? That's the famous one too, where he's like marionetting some kid off the top of the building. I didn't, but that was horrifying because it's like his tendons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh no. But good to know that actually exists in a, in footage mm-hmm. in an old movie. Um, so we get a little who is Freddie, um, and then we jump directly into Freddie's goal here, which is to team up with Jason to help him well, come back because for some reason he's he's trapped somewhere where he's ineffectual as Freddie. He's, he's in hell. Oh, he's essentially. Hell. Did he's he get hell. sent to hell in the last movie? he got killed so you assume he went to hell well sure he didn't go to the good place but his whole thing is if people fear him he's powerful and somehow 
the townspeople have found a way to forget about him, to erase him completely, and he's powerless now. This helps for context. So he's like Voldemort a little bit because people do shy away from using his name. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Does that happen in any of the other movies where he's in hell and then has to be remembered again? Every movie? Does it happen in every movie? No, I think specifically that's this one. I mean, he's they've never forgotten him before, but he always finds a way to come back. Doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, okay, so so Freddie is in the tight spot. And I, he's and like, I, I know s- what I'll do. Yeah, what's he going to do? He's like, I'm going to team up with Jason to help me come back. Yeah. He searched the bowels we- of hell for the sky. And I'll say, in terms of like finding a conceit to bring these two guys together, not the worst conceit. In terms of, yeah. it's, it's true to his powers, he's forgotten. Like, okay, so I'm going to send a different killer after them and make them think it's me. So he can still evoke his presence in some of the people, as we see shortly, but he can't, like, do anything to them. Well, I think, as we'll see shortly, he only starts invoking his presence in them because they heard the cop mention Freddy's name after that first kill. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, okay, so right. So he decides he needs to team up with Jason to help him come back. And then I have in my comments, hello, boobs. So this is the start of our Jason story, <laughs> at which point you also hear this <laughs> music in the background. And dear God, every time you hear that, it's a real clear, clear clue that Jason's coming. That's his theme. That's his say- theme? Okay. All right. And I'll say for a, for a movie that relies so much on metal for its music, so much on metal, so much metal. I'll say it's a missed opportunity that the only time you kind of hear their two themes intertwined are like over the whatever company logo, New Line logo at the very beginning, where you hear. I don't even know Freddie's theme. Apparently, I now I know Jason's. <laughs> it's like that piano theme, but yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It's only a few. You want to sing it, and that could be our outro. <laughs> <laughs> do 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 do. Oh, it's really just that simple little. Yep. Oh, okay. I heard that a few times. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Okay. So here we get Jason's backstory. So we see what I also presume is footage from Jason, right? Girl strips down to her nothing and jumps in the water and come get me. And then is all gets quiet. She's like, oh, I shouldn't be in the water alone. And so well, she. Yeah, let's point out. She literally strips down, jumps in the water, is in the water two seconds before climbing out and puts her shirt back on. Yeah, it is very fast. I feel <laughs> like it literally... probably wasn't that fast in the original movie. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> yeah, these are all new victims for Jason. Like none of these. Freddie, we got to see actual clips. These are just new people. I guess we're assuming these are people he's killed over the years off screen. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought maybe it was from, oh, from Jason previously. Okay. Um, So we get a little history on Jason. Uh, Everything that went down, well, not everything that went down at Camp Crystal Lake, right? Camp Crystal Lake. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've got, you know, 
Jason that has mommy issues, which apparently a lot of these characters have mommy issues. Have mommy we are issues. learning. I mean, who started that? Psycho, I assume. I think Psycho was the first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's a good, it's a good setting for a psychopath. Um, but we get Jason's mommy telling him it's time to rise from the dead and go to Elm Street to help Freddie punish the naughty kids. But but. Psst, it's not actually mommy. It's Freddie, but like, it's also mommy would probably say that. I feel like um, and she does. She specifically doesn't mention Freddie either. She says the no, children have been very bad on Elm Street. They need to be punished. And she needs to help Freddie. He needs to help Freddie punish the naughty kids. Yes. Yes. Make the, so, they, as he's walking away. Slowly walking through the forest. <laughs> he's like, make me, make them remember me, Jason. Make so, them remember what fear tastes like. Was she just a terrible mother? Just really awful to him? No. Okay. She it comes wasn't. across that way. She he died because of camp counselors having sex and neglecting him while he was in the lake. Okay. So that was a real aspect of it. Because we'll visit that here in just a little bit. Yeah. Mom wasn't bad to him. She okay. actually, the original Friday the 13th, everyone knows now, thanks to Scream, she was the killer of the original Friday the 13th, and I was like, for revenge, like, you, my boy, died because of you. So, are Jason and Michael Myers the same person? <laughs> no. But they're super Myers, similar, right? They both walk slow and... Yeah, but didn't both and... of their mommies actually be the person that did the murders initially? No, Michael's did not. Okay. He was a little five-year-old boy in a clown mask killing his Oh, sister. that's right. I actually yep. have seen that one. That's right. So I think I get them confused. I know I get them confused. Okay. Um, all right. So we've got slow walk through the forest. Um and then mommy and transforms and- into Freddy, and he Freddy talks to the camera a lot in this movie, directly to the camera, which he Breaks doesn't well. never done before. But he literally says, I've been away from my children for far too long. Oh my gosh. He and talks you get, so much. And then you get this really <laughs> bloody intro title card sequence, like with skin getting slashed up, and then the title of the movie coming across. Yeah. Up in, in blood it felt so. very early 2000s oh yeah especially then when you have that blaring metal music afterwards yes um okay so this takes us to present day elm street then uh which is in the original house i'm assuming that it all went down yep the okay. original nancy's house from the original okay uh the girls are having a party with booze um and the boys come over uh and the boys i'm talking about are stereotypical male dominant pig boy and a dummy boy yeah we hit train they're just there to get it on yep train blade so uh, and if you want to know listeners what these characters are like when we first meet these girls they're playing mary shag and kill but with the scooby-doo gang and and the three stooges and the three stooges yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then the guys show up with some beers and i decide immediately that male dominant pig trey needs to die immediately and i called that one i'm like oh he's definitely the first one to die because that's his job in this movie um 
Did it make you laugh when she's smoking out the window and literally throws her cigarette out and it hits Jason's mask? Jason's just standing there and nobody notices this giant hulking guy standing outside. He's gigantic. He's gigantic. It's so, (laughs) so dumb. Um, Okay, so then we have um, an interlude. It is very dumb. And listeners, that is the text I got from Julia. I'm I'm sitting there. I don't know even what I'm doing at the time. And Julia, all of a sudden, Julia texts me and she's like, oh, my God, this movie is so dumb. And I'm like, how far in are you? 17 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt that way before I texted you and saw that timestamp. Um, okay, so... Uh, Dumb girl and male dominant pig get it on because of course they do. And in the afterglow, she goes and takes a shower. Because uh, he's like excellent. He's like, I don't like to be touched afterwards. I don't like to be touched. You smell like cigarettes. Oh my gosh. He's such a dillweed. So she goes to take a shower. So because we need more boob. And And he's laying in there and butt. And he's laying there in bed and who shows up, but Jason, Jason shows up and he stabs him and also folds the entire bed in half and breaks him in half backwards. It was a pretty good kill. Which was a pretty good kill. Yeah. And then he totally deserved it. So it was totally fine. But then we have dumb girl that gets out of the shower and she sees it. And her natural reaction is to start screaming and everybody runs out into the street screaming. Everybody. In the and she pouring like, rain. She doesn't stop screaming. <laughs> she just continues to scream until <laughs> until the cop shows up. He's like, hey, are you kids okay? What the F do you think? And she holds up her bloody hands. It's, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> but what's so funny is cops... that girl is probably the best of the three girls. She probably is. <laughs> yes, I, I don't I'm not denying that at all. Um, So the cops are looking through the house. And I guess given the cues of the fact that it is this house and it is on Elm Street, um, one of them's like, oh, you think this is Freddy? It has to be. Um, And at the same time, older cop goes, shut your filthy mouth. Except he doesn't say shut your filthy mouth. just what I wrote down. So we have like these young cops that are very sensitive to the fact that this is obviously, obviously Freddy. No, it's not. And then we have this older cop that's like, don't you, don't you say that name in my presence. Don't you say it. We don't mention his name here anymore. That's right. We don't say that name. And actually, I kind of liked this whole aspect. And it's just a kind of small aspect here, but how the cops are treating him. Like, they dealt with this guy before. They found a way to get rid of him. And now they're terrified. Like, all their work yeah. is going to be undone and he's going to come back. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is really where we meet our main girl um Lori who I referred to as purple shirt for the better part of the beginning of my notes before I learned her name (laughs) and so she's at the station being interrogated but not like interrogated she's just being asked what happened and she invokes Freddie because she's like somebody said a name and what was the name and oh my gosh the name was Freddie and it's like this close-up of her face and then immediately she's in a dream state Uh, And she likes walking down the empty hallway and she sees this eyeless girl telling her that Freddie loves little girls and soon he'll be strong enough to come back. And the eyeless girl is the same one we saw at the beginning. She was the one Freddie killed like in the 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 boiler room and the, yeah. Okay. Now let let me ask you this. Yep. 
Well, before I ask you, the little girl goes on to say, uh, Freddy's coming back, tell your friends, tell everyone. And obviously mm-hmm. that's Freddy, like, hey, that's my fear. fear. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get the impression that Freddy was also a child molester? Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, no, because he, it's he never though, specifically right? said in the movies. Oh, what, really? Wes Craven, it, it was in the original script, and Wes Craven said... Well, it's obvious yeah. enough without flat out saying it. Yeah. But people have debated that for so. ages. Like, is he actually? And I'm like, yes, of course he is. I oh, think he it's very is. heavily implied. He, yeah. 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 <laughs> no question it was. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, all right. We are back at the house. Because I guess blake really is a dumb boy and doesn't leave the house i couldn't figure that out maybe it's not his maybe it's his house it's his house it's just, he's not at okay. that house still yeah. okay it, it wasn't super clear to me so we see blake um is is sitting on his front porch um and he's definitely in a dreamscape but you don't really realize he's in a dreamscape until he sees a goat like on his front porch and he's like that's not right and then he sees freddie down the street um from him and freddie says gee i'm not strong enough yet but i will be soon for now jason can have fun and well, so yeah because he he does try to kill him yeah sh- he turns into this giant shadow and tries to yeah. slash him yeah and so for- he lets jason have this one <laughs> i appreciate your impressions of freddie sounding like gee whiz like <laughs> he does sound a little more menacing than that. <laughs> though not much because again he is talking to the camera all the time oh brother so the kid blake wakes up and finds his dad dead next to him he puts his arm around him like or wake up dad and his head slides off his body and then jason immediately dispatches him with his big old knife so now blake is dead flash yeah. two Two boys in prison, Will and Mark. I, well, I thought that was prison. It was. Yeah. I didn't know it was in prison at this point. I'm like, <laughs> they're in prison because they're all in white, like prison uniforms. Okay, it's a but they're not in prison. Hospital. They're in a yeah mental hospital. So like, yes, I knew that now, but I will probably refer to them a few times as boys in prison. Uh, okay, so we've got Will and Mark, and I put. Are we supposed to know them? And no. that was when I was like, I don't know if they're from the previous one or like what their history is. So now we know no tendrils to previous movies, tendrils to the backstory that was built in between the last movie and this movie. Yes. Okay. Correct. All right. So we see, they see the news broadcast while they're standing in line waiting for their nightly meds. I should have known it was a mental hospital <laughs> and not a prison, but it's okay. It is kind of like a prison at- setting though. It is. They're not nice um, places to be. No. No, especially not in the early 2000s or yep. the 80s. Good grief. Or the 80s for that matter. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, okay, so they see the news broadcast of the murder and they start freaking out. Or really, Will starts freaking out more so than Mark starts freaking out. Um, and they decide we got to get back there. Now, they're not brothers, right? They're, fr- they're friends. They're just friends. Okay, great. And, and Will um, wants to get back there because he saw it's Lori's house on TV. And he likes Lori. And he was his she was his ex that's right mm-hmm. and we do learn through some pictures and then future scenes that mark mark's brother had a, a run-in with freddie as well 
at least mm-hmm. Mark's brother, maybe entire Mark's family. We don't know this. Mark's brother played by Farkas of A Christmas Story. It is Farkas. Mm-hmm. I saw that. <laughs> the one person we've covered. Well, <laughs> that we covered but... Lori. Oh, we did cover Lori. Lori, the terrible actresses, and while you were sleeping. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it wasn't terrible on that, though. Anyway. Um, okay. So they say something along the lines of uh, their dad being convicted of something he didn't do. But who's dad? Well, he thinks Lori's dad killed Lori's mom. That's right. That's right. And that's why he's locked away because he's walked in on that. And so he thinks the dad had him locked away. That's what my note meant. Got it. Okay, great. Um, So the little one, because I didn't know his name at this point, but now I do. We have covered the little one before, too. Huh? We have covered him before, too. The little one. Well, Marcus Farkas. Well... Did Mark's brother's Farkas. Mark's, oh, brother Mark's brother's Farkas. We covered Mark, the other one before. Mark is in Violent Night. He's one of the el- the quote unquote uh, elves who uh, took over the place. That's right. I thought he looked familiar in that picture. Okay, so we have covered Mark before. How about that? Um, so Mark, they devise a plan to get out. Mark presses his bare rear end up against the glass, but uses it as an opportunity to irritate the orderlies who then come and drug him up to send him off to La La Land. Um, but in the process, he lifts their keys. So Will and Mark escape the facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are back at Lori's house and she's talking to her dad. And he seems like super paranoid that Freddie's back and keeps trying to get her to drink her juice. And she's like the breathiest person talking to her dad. Ew, disgusting is a I, I, and he's trying to be like, you need to sleep. Don't go to school today. And we even see him crush something and put it in her orange shoes. And he's like, yeah. drink up, drink up. And she's like, no, no. And he's just dad right now. He's not Freddy dad. He's just dad. Right. Yeah. But like you. Well, he's, it's hypnosil. He's crushing. Yeah, but he's super skeezy around her. <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, um, I okay. Put a pin in the hypnosil. If you're, if, 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 wouldn't you want Hannah to stay home if she witnessed her friend get murdered the night before? Yeah. I, I, I blame most of this on Lori. Let's be real. Because <laughs> she just talks like, a, she's so breathy. I don't she care. Is so breathy. She, breathy. Knew, she, she knew what got her the parking. I guess so. Um, And so. So I put, she's super breathy with her dad. Ew. But is it her dad or is it Freddie? How are we supposed to know anything? So well, I sort of Fred- get how that makes it difficult to know what's real and what's not. And it's Freddie for one second when he's like, we need to get you to bed. It turns into his yeah. face like she's dozing off at the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So we are back at school. Well, uh, before, we get we to, see- before we yes. get to school, after Lori leaves her school, I guess the sheriff of the town comes to let dad know, hey, the two boys escaped from Weston Hill last night. And dad is like, it's all coming apart, isn't it? Like, and sheriff's like, hey, don't worry. We'll get him. We'll get this thing contained. He's so confident. Um, Okay, so now we're back at school and we have Carrie... 
Kelly Rowland with bad highlights and a terrible acting job. Um, but not as bad as Lori. Not as bad as Lori, though. Um, and they're just like yucking it up like it's a regular old day of school. Yeah. This is a regular old day of school. And I'm perplexed by this. They act like two people in their crew didn't just die. But it's fine. And Gib is there, too. Smoking. Yeah. Also, this is 2003. I'm pretty sure 2003, most schools had at least... Oh, yeah. well, I, no one knows where Elm Street is, but you won't be allowed to smoke in school. No. <laughs> definitely not. Um, okay, so the two escaped boys, again, hadn't learned their names very well at this point. Mark and Will um, are back in school, but not like in school, but they've showed up at the school to try to talk to Lori. Um, Mark kind of terrifies Lori a little bit about what's happening because he's taking this very seriously. Um, but Will is a lot more like kind, you know, because Will has an emotional tie to Lori well, anyway. She passes out, not with Mark scaring her, but when... no. Will shows up. Will. Just, yeah. Will shows up. That's right. And she passes out and they just throw her in the nurse's office out cold on a nurse's bench. And I said, this has to be a dream. How do we know? It's dark and we have discordant piano in the background. Also, I don't know about you, but like <clears throat> when I was in school, if I went to the nurse, my friends wouldn't just be allowed to skip class sitting in the lobby of the nurse's no. thing, just reading a magazine, waiting for me to wake up. Like, it's not a hospital. No, it's not. No, <laughs> it's not. But that is what her friend Kelly Rowland is doing. And she's looking at, like, this plastic surgery magazine. and About nose jobs. About nose jobs. But it quickly spirals into, like, a lot of other disgusting stuff. And you're like, okay, we're in a dreamscape. We have to be in a dreamscape. And so... Freddie comes out of the magazine and like puts his fingers, not his fingers, his blade fingers in her nose and like chops her nose off. And then she wakes up. Uh, you're forgetting. He makes a joke too. He's like, got your nose. He does do that. But he's still not powerful enough because she to still has her nose. Yeah. She wakes up. That's right. Um, okay. So Mark and Will <laughs> go ahead and head for the library to do some research with microfish. And I'm like, neither <laughs> one of these boys knows how to operate that machine. Number one, <laughs> but also like, man, this is a different time. Not having yeah. a cell phone in every pocket where we actually have to do research in the library with microfish yeah. technology. Yeah. Holy crap. I miss that though. I There's something like that. cool. I yeah, microfish only exists now in horror movies because they, they still do that in a lot of horror movies now. Even though oh for sure yeah yeah they do it in Ghostbusters they do it in it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um okay so they're trying to figure out why Freddie has not killed Lori yet because Lori's seen him multiple times um why is she still alive and they come to the decision that um. Freddie wants kids to is using Lori to 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 grow the fear base, right? Right, because when they went through the microfish, they found out every mention of Freddie, even his victims, have been erased from the town's history. Nobody remembers him. That's right. Um, and okay. Mark also comes to the realization: Oh crap! I just spread all this fear in school. I think I helped Freddie. <laughs> Way to go, Mark. There were aspects of him that reminded me of what's his face from Scream. What's his name from Scream that we like so much that does Randy? all the yeah, Randy. 
I think Randy's I a little more charismatic than him. Oh, Randy is a million times better than this guy. But um, okay, so what do we do when we're terrified that there's this knifed killer on the loose? Let's go to a rave in a cornfield because that seems like a good idea for normal humans to being to to be doing. Which is uh, it's not just a rave. I believe they're handing out flyers saying it's to celebrate Trey's death, like you know, mourn Trey. It's in his honor. Okay. Um, shows you what kind of person Trey was. Wait, so I do have um, to ask okay. you because you live yes. in like the South Midwest. Have you ever partied in a cornfield before? No, I've never even walked in a cornfield before. Same and same. Yeah. Well, I guess I've done a corn maze before. Well, I've done but those, I've never but done I mean, like a proper cornfield. Corn. Yeah. No, I've seen signs. <laughs> no, I am not walking in corn. No, thank you. Uh, I've seen Field of Dreams. Ain't nothing but good on that corn. Was this something in your, like, would the partiers in school, like, did you guys have well, cornfields so, around to do stuff like that? When I was in school, it was in Houston, Texas. And there were zero cornfields. Okay. Because <laughs> this is pure suburbs in the Houston, <laughs> Houston area. There was no cornfields. Okay. But, like, people around here might. I mean, we don't have corn in Oklahoma. It's wheat fields. And we don't have them here. That's in Western hmm. Oklahoma. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. We need to make I would a friend have... in like Nebraska or Kansas. Kansas. I was about to say, fields. I feel like Nebraska's the cornfields. I feel like the corn was kind of a hint as to where Elm Street might be somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. It's in Illinois, right? And why did I always think it was in Illinois? Well, I think that's where a lot of people think. Okay. But, but why I don't do think, I think it's that? ever been, it's never been confirmed. And it's why somewhere within. Why do people within... jump to Illinois? It's somewhere within driving distance of Camp Crystal Lake, too, which is odd. Where's what Camp are the Crystal? odds? Well, in the movie, that's where Jason's from. But yeah, I mean, that movie, where where that movie that was actually, actually shot in New Jersey. <laughs> but is it in New Jersey? Does it ever say? I don't think it ever says. Gosh, okay. I would love to do a poll. Oh, yeah. Just a random poll. What Listeners. State yeah. Do you think elm street is located in when you watch the movie whenever you watched it any of the movies what was your gut feeling about where elm street was because it's I funny because it was in illinois me too and it's but it's funny because elm street feels like main street and probably find one in like 90 percent of cities in yeah America. absolutely <laughs> fascinating i think we tainted the water a little bit i think we did forget yeah. we said anything yeah that's right just <laughs> well i could use the magic of podcast editing you could but will i i guess i'll find out monday when i listen to this episode. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to wait and see okay so we've got drugs sex alcohol and jason in the cornfield with us and Lori is there like 100 percent vibing because you know that's exactly what you would be doing if this was your life she can't even fake vibing well she said no. oh, this car badly she yeah it's what an awful dingus. Will shows up at the rave and asks Lori well, if before Will shows up, we do kind of meet Linderman and we find out Linderman that Geeky Virgin has like a crush on her. Yes, he does. And you Geeky kind of Virgin. get this moment where Kelly Rowland is like real jerk to him, like call him She's... a loser and tell him to go away. Yeah, she's and... a real jerk to him. But he has his little nerdy hero moment. He's like, I used to think you just uh, were protected of Lori, but now I know it's because you're a 
whatever. <laughs> word. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's right. We do meet him. I didn't even write that in my notes. Um. Okay, so Will shows up and asks Lori if Lori got any of the letters he sent from the facility. And she's all breathy and goes, what letters? And then they get pulled into dancing for kicks because, again, they're not terrified by the fact they have psychopaths (laughs) following them. You know who else is not terrified? Nobody is terrified. Gib, when she sees her dead murdered boyfriend in the corner, it's like, hey, babe, follow me. Yeah, so she's like drunk and starts to stagger out to the corn alone because, you know, separating from a group at this point is a really good idea and starts seeing her dead boyfriend, Trey. Um, she finds a grain silo and decides it's a good idea to go inside the grain silo, you know, again, putting more distance between her and the crowd than she should put in a horror film. And she immediately starts to see Freddy. So we're like, ah, we're in a dreamscape. Um, She can't get away from Freddy. Um, And at the same time, we're watching her interact with Freddy in the dream world. We see that she's like smooth passed out asleep in the middle of the cornfield. And this Billy Idol wannabe sees her. And we definitely know he's about to take advantage of a drug pass. Billy Idol wannabe. Yeah. But we don't just know. We see it. He climbs up. We we don't see it yet though. At at my point in the notes, he just viewed her body because then we snap back to Freddie and he's all posing in the light and laughing and posing and laughing and really maximizing (laughs) the steam effects and the tippity tap of his pretty little fingernails. he, He loves his posing. Does he has that pose, that? the pose with the nails, so you see the shadow. Yeah, he does that a lot, and he loves dragging his nails and tapping his nails. Yeah, he's such As a he diva. Would. He is a diva. He's a diva. He is a diva. Um, and <laughs> this is where we see drunk girl is about to get raped up in this cornfield, uh, while she's stuck in her dream, and then we start to hear the, <laughs> and we're like, oh crap, Jason's coming, and so. Freddie slashes the drunk girl in her dream and Jason kills the Billy Idol, Idol raper in real life. And this incenses Freddie. And well, I have a question about this. Yes. Because Freddie's like, she was mine. But like, did Jason kill the girl too? Yeah. So yeah, because when he stabbed the guy, it went right through him into. Oh, it went to the girl too. Yeah. So she was in the dream. And she yeah. stuffed herself into a locker to hide from Freddie, and he was about to kill her in the locker. And then she just she disappears just, because Jason kills her, and he okay. flips out. He's like, "She's mine, mine." He does flip out, and so he but can't do anything he, about it, though. No, he's trapped. He's trapped in he's his trapped. dreams, and like and s- <laughs> as we all know, when you set a monster loose, you can't control him. No. So we proceed to see Jason just on a complete rampage in this cornfield. He kills two jock drunks. And then we see him on fire, walking slowly through the cornfield, leaving a blaze of fire behind him, walk chasing this chubby jock, who's (laughs) also still drunk. Who who was like, hey, Jethro. Smack, it's never a good idea. Smack talk somebody that big and terrifying. I was about to say, like, even, even if you didn't know, it's not like he's wearing a costume. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's a big guy in a ski mask that's filthy. 
with black eyes and rotted flesh around the outside of his mask. So not smart. But even even if it was just a huge guy, you don't talk to somebody five times your size like that. No, <laughs> you can only have to chalk that up to the amount of alcohol in his system, I suppose. <laughs> So he is quickly dispatched in a pretty glorious fashion with the flaming sword flying through the cornfield into his back. It is a machete. Um, and I then Jason correct. is machete. Machete. That's right. Machete. Um, and then Jason just goes medieval on the entire party. I will They're say the ones the, that couldn't get away anyway. The image of Jason on fire through the cornfield was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'd be, like I'd, I'd be terrified if I saw that. I'd be running. Yes. So would I. And yet there are still party goers milling about while he is slashing things to bits. I'm like, uh, they'd be out of there. And I we should point out that this brings our group together because somehow in the same car we get the stoner, we get the virgin, we get the bee, we get exactly. the girl, we get the uh we get Will all in the same. That's car. right. That's right. So Lori and friends get away. And they're all, let's smoke weed and talk about scary people chasing us. Um, their friend is dead. They're uh, Gibbs. Gib. 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 Yep. Um, Gib is dead. And they just like go home. Like it's normal. So we get like Ke- Kelly Rowland, like, okay, girl, we'll take care of yourself. Okay. Like, thanks for the ride home. And I'm like, none of this is normal. All right. So then we get some Will and Lori talk time i said he was in the mental hospital because he saw her dad kill her mom which she's like um no my mom died in a car accident um but it turns out that the dad had will committed and the dad is obviously irritated that will is back in Lori's life because this point uh dad comes out to the car right doesn't he interrupt Uh him at the car talking um and he said he's not going to let Will endanger Lori's life again. And But Lori's got like this seed of uh, suspicion planted in her head now. And she starts quizzing her dad on, did you kill my mom? You know, you said you died in a car accident, but like, what the heck? She's and like, so, let me see the death certificate. That's and, right. And dad's like, Yo, you know, we'll talk about this in the morning. Just get to bed. That's right. And he still and he tries to dose her up to sleep again. He's absolutely unhinged. But instead she leaves the house like through the window, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And Will stops her down the street as she's running off. They get in the van, they drive off. So he thinks there's a cover-up in place around Kruger. And he says that they need to get to Mark, who's the expert in all the Kruger stuff. Um, and here's where we cut to Mark. Uh, who is definitely in a dreamscape pretty much immediately <laughs> from the first moment we see him in the scene. He's looking for like no dose pills in his um, medicine cabinet. And he sees he has a bottle with a single one. Um, but at the same time, he's trying to keep his fingers on the no dose pill. His dead brother comes up out of the tub full of blood. And there's just like so much blood. And then we've got snakes and we've got like just a lot of blood, just mm-hmm. a lot of blood. Um, so he's in the thick of it. And we're like, I don't think Mark is long for this world. Um, Mark is pretty quickly lit on fire by Freddy Krueger. And well, Will and Lori are watching this happen. Uh, the the non-dreamscape, the, the real body repercussions of the dreamscape, dreamscape activity through the window, Mark's window. And there's like bars in the window and he can't get out. 
And I always, this was always my favorite visuals in all the nightmare movies, the real world, yeah. like seeing what's happening to them in the real world as Freddy's yes. doing whatever in the dream. It is, it, it's, it is effective. It's very it effective. Is. Yeah. And it's, it's scary because imagine just somebody, somebody thrashing like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Freddy, ca- Freddy's like, I want you to send a little message for me. And then Freddy and his humorous ways writes freddy's back he burns it into his back (laughs) it's just so much but it's his first kill right it's his first kill he got one so guess what somebody's back to full power he's full power yeah he's full power he's full power yeah but now he has the issue of jason's not stopping yeah he's got he's got this problem child now that's right (laughs) Um, okay, so we're back at the cop at the police station. An old cop is irritated that new cop thinks the killings in the cornfield are Freddy. And he's like super stressed, no, right? He doesn't think it's Freddy. He thinks it's copycat well, he, Jason. Right. He thinks he thinks it's Freddy. Oh, because right, right. Freddy comes up and this guy's like, I don't think it's Freddy. And the guy's like, stop saying the name. He's like, I think it's, I don't think it's Freddy. I think it's Jason. So we leave that and we've got, we've got the friends, all the ones that are alive. Friends are all back together along with a few token stoners that will definitely die first. Okay. So we've expanded (laughs) our group in order to have enough to whittle them down slowly over the next, what, 20 minutes or something. All of them are talking about what to do next. And some are like, who cares about Freddie? That big old boy in the cornfield is absolutely the biggest problem we've got. When new cop shows up, new cop that was just in the station telling old cop, it's Jason. And so new cop says, the guy's name is Jason Voorhees, and here's his background. And so new cop fills us in on a little more Jason background um, about when Jason was a kid, he was swimming, his mom was killed, he was killed, and his mom returned from the dead to it. And then he returns from the dead to avenge his mother. Does that sound right? That's roughly right, yeah. <laughs> but he um, doesn't actually believe it's jason he thinks it's a copycat and they're like no man that deal of the cornfield is a real thing okay i missed that part yeah do they convince the cop yep okay just right and there then, in that moment not in 10 minutes when he sees yeah, jason really exactly but can like, i just okay, say I believe you it is the real one back from the dead in a moment full of bad acting this may oh, be one of the worst lines of dialogue delivery I've heard in a movie in my life. <laughs> and it's, they're all around the table except Laurie, who's like slumped, slumped over on a couch, like half asleep. And like, as they're talking about Freddie and Jason, who's the real threat and how to stop them, Laurie's like, Freddie's afraid of fire. Jason's afraid of water. How do we use that? And I'm like, Ugh. It's not even true. They're not afraid of it. That's how they died. They're not afraid of it. I think I had written that down. Um. Oh, that's when they're talking about how do you kill monsters? And then she says that. And mm-hmm. somebody's like one by fire and one by water. And I was going to ask you. I'm like, was that, is that their kryptonite? Is that Jason no, and Freddy's they're not even kryptonite? afraid of it. But they totally really? push that kryptonite button in just a minute. Like Freddy does. He acts like it's Jason's kryptonite. 
Yeah, but you see Jason in the in the lake in multiple movies, like at the bottom, and he's fine. I love it. <laughs> it's just so confusing. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, so New Cop comes to the decision. This was inexplicable to me, too. Maybe it was a joke and just a poorly executed one. He thinks that a human sacrifice is absolutely needed. Well, I think this is, she's in a dream at this point. I think it's kind of. Oh, oh, that was the beginning of the dream. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So New Cop is like, we definitely need, we definitely need a human sacrifice, a virgin. And Lori is super annoyed that Kelly Roland, who I will not refer to as her, her character name, <laughs> apparently for this entire episode, um, speaks up and like spills the beans and Lori is super obnoxious. And then I put in all caps, uh oh, you're in a dreamscape. And I said, <laughs> we know this because <laughs> daddy starts French kissing her. Just kidding. It's Freddie. Um, so she wakes up to Will slapping her in the face. And she uh, still has Freddie's ear in her hand, however, when she wakes up, because as she's trying to pull Freddie away from her at the French kissing scene, she like rips his ear off. And she comes back into the awake land, has the ear, drops it, and it turns into like maggots and disappears. And it's disgusting because I really hate maggots. Yeah. So that is a Freddie thing in all the movies. If you're holding on to him when you wake up, you can pull him into the real world. Okay. And so this. This is the beginning of their uh, strategy to end Freddie, who they decide is the bigger threat. Which I think that that's a one smart decision they made in this movie. Yeah, I think so too. He does seem like the bigger threat for sure. <laughs> um, um, they, yeah, because their strategy is basically we'll pull him out of the dream. Well, we'll get Jason back to Camp Crystal Lake, pull Freddie out of the dream. Let Jason take care of him, and then hopefully Jason will just stay. Stay Jason's where he's not. Stay Jason's at home. not within reach yet, though. No, but that's their so, plan, ultimately. That is their plan. That's right. Um, okay, so they start doing a little brainstorming, and Will starts to say, you know, all the kids at the mental hospital were taking, were taking a, a drug while we were there that prevented us from dreaming. Um, because in an earlier excerpt, or an earlier discussion between him and Mark, um, he was like, dude, do you like remember your dreams when you were there? And he was like, no, I didn't have dreams. I didn't dream at all. And so it turns out there's this drug called hypnosil that suppressed dreams um, that they were giving all the kids in this mental hospital. And so obviously they need to break back into that mental hospital and get that supply of drugs so that they can protect themselves by not dreaming when they sleep. Yeah, because I think um, at this point, what, it's been like two days. Most of them haven't slept. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they need, yeah, like the scene that's also what makes Freddy worse because like you have to have sleep. Yeah. So Wes Craven came up with the idea for Freddy by reading news reports from like South Brazil or Guatemala or somewhere South America where inexplicably like 11 teenage boys died after complaining about nightmares and trying to stay up saying like, they didn't want to go to sleep because of nightmares and like these Ooh. boys weren't related they didn't know each other they were just a string of and that's how i came up with the idea and that's terrifying that it. it's terrifying hate it mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. okay um all right so the team uh starts to head to the mental hospital and we hear <sighs> so guess what jason's coming up um so they look <laughs> around because obviously the they can the way you say that every time, I just now imagine Jason, you know, playing it on his phone before he walks in. 
Um, so they go to the computer room or they break, they break up into different travel parties, which is a terrible idea. And our stoner character, our toker, um, goes to the computer room to try and find these pills. And I'm like, idiot, they're not going to be in the computer room. Um, and he figures, well, there's no pills in here, but we could smoke a quick joint. It's him and nerdy virgin. Um, and that's a terrible idea and nerdy virgins like that's really a bad idea so he <laughs> leaves toker in the computer room by himself so the party separates because they're all idiots and then we get a side um a side scene with the security guard who is still there at the facility hearing somebody pounding on the door um goes to inspect what the pounding is and get pancakes gets pancakes <laughs> by the door as it's broken down by jason um our most of our party uh is nerdy version in this party everybody might be in this party now except for our toker um they go into this super spooky room full of adolescence comas and comas and so they don't realize they're in a coma initially but after looking at the medical records it says in coma because they had too much hypnosil signed by <laughs> dear old daddy. And I was like, that's some extensive record keeping that you would not put on paper. Um, so Lori's dad's on the charts and this fuels our, our whole um, uh, conspiracy theory. Although it's a conspiracy theory to protect the kids, I guess, but it's mm-hmm. still <laughs> conspiracy. Um Okay, so we have uh, the toker I mean, in the computer room. In fairness, it's not, I say it's not too far-fetched. This whole thing is far-fetched. But was, were someone like Freddy to exist in real life, it's not too far-fetched that the authorities would lock anyone up who had any knowledge of him to try to stop the spread. Yeah, they absolutely would. That They absolutely would. Um, okay, so we have the toker in the computer room, and he starts to hallucinate this nasty worm with a pipe think alice in wonderland oh man um, 2003 special effects man that so worm bad. looked terrible it's so bad um and this worm tokes up with him and he is amused by it predominantly amused by this um he stumbles into the sleeping coma room um and all the people are sitting up and chanting so guess what you're in a dreamscape um if the worm didn't give it away if the worm, which I don't know, you can walk a fine line there, right? Is he high or is he asleep? Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. Um, but they're all chanting at him to find the hypnosil and dump the pills, dump the pills, dump the pills. Um, the caterpillar then grotesquely climbs down his throat and into his body. And we see him maniacally outside of the dreamscape experience dumping these pills in the sink because the the search party's like what are you doing we need those pills yeah they don't realize Um, he's possessed by freddy no they don't he just no they don't um and guess what jason is here he just like shows up and electrocutes electrocutes new cop in the like switchboard r.i.p jason very Uh, long time (laughs) for a very long time r.i.p mr ritter that's right and Jason Ritter, Ritter. yes, yeah, young the young Ritter is down. Um, little nerdy virgin boy uh, picks up the gun and picks up the cop's gun 
and so is is then armed. Uh, we also have the Toker who is filling up this huge syringe with knockout drugs that we see referenced in the earlier part of the movie where Mark presses his bare bottom against the glass to distract the orderly. And um, see, that's something for the ladies in this movie too, guys. There, this <laughs> really is. It's a real delight of a scene. Um, but when we see this, we think, oh. Freddie's gonna like knock them out, right? That's what I thought. That the that the toker possessed toker was gonna use it on the the kids, but we quickly find out as they are running past the toker and he doesn't try to stab any of them. Freddie's got this for Jason. He's about to get his revenge. Um, so as Jason's chasing them out, and the toker embodied by Freddie ends up using the knockout drugs on Jason, he does like this two fisted, like stab in the neck with it, which was pretty epic. I'm not gonna lie. And right um, as Jason kills the toker, oh, slices him positively in half, so yeah. he's out. Um, but uh, Jason, as nerdy boy virgin, starts to hold the gun up to shoot Jason. Um, Jason falls just like down. <laughs> he is out, man. The knockout <laughs> drugs worked. He falls like Which, just a bag of bricks. I'm confused about the logistics of how you can knock out a guy who's dead already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How gunshots, rebar, and whatever else gets dropped on him have no impact really to stop him, but two syringes full of knockout drugs do. <laughs> also perplexing. Um, so Jason immediately starts dreaming um, and has these terrible dreams of his mother berating him in the boiler room. So we know it's obviously not his mom. Um, guess what? He is in Freddy's dreamland. Uh, we see this fight in Freddy's dreamland where Freddy ac- absolutely has the upper hand. Um, he cuts both of Freddy's arms off, but then Freddy regrows them immediately. And it's like, Jason's like, oh, I see. We've got this a little different here. <laughs> This isn't exactly real life. Um, And so Freddy gets a good amount of hits on Jason and he uses welcome to my nightmare as as one of his catchphrases. Welcome to my nightmare. That's right. Yeah. He, uh, it's very Looney Tunes. It's very Looney Tunes. He even has, they even add like pinball machine effects as Freddy's like throwing him around the room. Yes, I have that written down. <laughs> Tosses him around like a pinball game. <laughs> Was this movie like shown in 3D? No. Oh, for sure it's filmed like it is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. shocking. I thought but for sure it, it was. It, I love though that Freddy's doing all this stuff and to your point, it's really not affecting Jason. <laughs> like he's just no. able to get up, brush it off. Even in Freddy's dream, and Freddy's like really annoyed. Like, why won't you die? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so while that whole fight is happening in the dreamscape, including a whole part where Freddy is taking advantage of the fact that Jason is scared of water, he's not he scared of rainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't know that i was just like oh he's scared of water okay that gives us an upper hand on it i didn't know that yeah and he I, he figures it out accidentally because the pipe bursts and jason won't come through the water so that's right slash him so freddie's right. all excited like oh so you are afraid of something is is 
is Freddy scared of fire? <laughs> no. Okay, so neither, no. neither just, of them are scared of either or. Okay. That's just how they died. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so in the real world, we see just the worst idea ever. We see our surviving gang of teenagers with with the comatose or with the knocked out Jason, how how they got him in the van is just a whole other problem <laughs> because he is a beast of a man. Um, he's knocked out in their van and they've decided what they need to do is they need to take him to Camp Crystal Lake and they need to... <clears throat> Like where he'll be at full power, I assume, is is why they took him there. Why'd they take him there? Well, in the hopes that when he's home, he has no reason to leave him. Oh, it's like trap <laughs> him there. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, so they're gonna take him to Crystal Lake. I said to harness his full power to defeat Freddy, but appears appears that wasn't right. Yeah, it's no, it's literally it's literally make sure he's home. home. That way, when he kills Freddy, he can stay. He's home already. He does no reason to go after the kids anymore. It's such a wholesome thought. (laughs) Um, Excuse me. Okay. So back in Freddy's dream world where he's still fighting Jason, or at this point, he's just berating him. Um, He unmasks kid Jason uh, in the dream world and goes deep into Jason's brain and kid jason he is obviously <coughs> like deformed he and freddie's like now there's a face only a mother could love okay so and we see like jason's memories or is it a, is it the house he was in did that yeah, house one of the, mean anything? One of the cabins. Yeah. Okay, so it's just one of the cabins. And like one of the doors you open has a bunch of floating bodies in it. Which also really didn't add to the he's terrified of water thing. <laughs> no, exactly. Curious. Um, so there's just a big old floating mess of bodies with a little bit of boob thrown in because we had it. We have to do that. Yeah. Um, keep the- have to. <clears throat> so <laughs> So we're we're back in the van and Lori has a plan. Lori plans to trink herself. They're having to like continually give Jason tranquilizers to keep him out, which tracks. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori's plan is to trink herself as well. Once they get to Camp Crystal Lake, bring Freddie back through when she wakes up, which they're supposed to wake her up on a timer. Mm-hmm. And... And then Jason and Freddie will both be in the real world together and will fight it out to the death. At which point they think Jason definitely has the upper hand, which he would in the real world. He should. Yeah, he should. He should. Exactly. Um, So. um, So then we see Lori is tranked and she it's not a bad shot. Honestly, it's Jason and Lori laying next to each other asleep mm-hmm. like there's some very nice shots of this movie like cinematography yeah. wise there are some really cool shots in this movie yeah there are some cool shots so she's in the 50s um original camp crystal lake time period and she sees jason being just relentlessly bullied as a human boy at this point who just you know pre the mask um 
Then she sees Freddie. Well, and horrible acting on her part. She goes, she sees two camp counselors screwing, and That's in right. like slow, weird slow mo, she's like, Aren't you going to help him? Because Jason's drowned a lake, and you find out then the camp counselor turns around and you see it's Freddy uh pumping yeah. a dead body, essentially. That's right. With a <laughs> joke that this oh yeah, he's right like down. he's like this bee is dead on her feet. That's right. Oh boy, he's <laughs> he's so campy. He is so in the first movie, he barely talks at all. The original movie, so that's he so is much scarier. scarier. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so she sees Freddie in that whole scene back in the in the van where they're both out. Um, they're like very quickly running out of stuff to keep Jason underneath. And Will screams at everybody, calm down, because you know that works when you <laughs> scream it at people. And um, back in the dream, Lori is trying to save the young Jason. When Jason gets knocked into the water, she's trying to save him. But Freddie's pulling him back under the water. Um, Jason is gurgling water at the same time this is happening. Jason in the van, the body in the van is gurgling water unconscious. And they're like, if he dies, that's a problem because we need him to kill Freddie. And, and again, so dirty virgin. <laughs> again, before we get into what happens here, I just feel like he's dead. He's dead. Is he, does he need to breathe? He's an undead man. <laughs> you can light him on fire and he just walks, he just walks like normal. So Nerdy Virgin and Kelly Rowland are the only people in the back of that van. And they're like, well, one of us has to give him mouth to mouth resuscitation. And Nerdy's like, I can't do it. I have asthma. And so obviously we're going to get Kelly Rowland to do this whole thing. I don't envy her one bit because she has to peel his mask back a little bit and his teeth are all janky and his face is like necrotic. And it's just this whole thing. His breath probably smells. It's just really got to be something special. And at this moment, at the premiere, Beyonce is probably shaking her head into the theater watching, <laughs> like, thank God I'm not in two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a big ew, but of course, Jason wakes up as soon as she, just like, oh, about, she's about to French kiss him. And he wakes up in the van, and the van wrecks because he, I mean, he's a big old boy. He bolts up and like the van just goes That's right. tumbling off the road. It does. Um, and then we don't see Jason in the van anymore. Um, we snap back to the dream world and Freddie is super ticked that Jason has been whisked away from the dream world. And we start to hear Lori's alarm going off time for them to wake her up. But as they've all been in a van accident, it is not happening immediately that we see. Um, well, and yeah, with Lori being the only one in the dream world now, Freddie's like, you. That's like, right. Yeah. So she is running, trying to get away from Freddie. And then we see the van kids are actually actively trying to wake her up and they can't do it. Like they're slapping her and like she's not waking up. As um, they're like carrying her the rest of the way to Crab Crystal Lake. That's right. So they take her into a cabin at Camp Crystal Lake and they start to see scratches appear on her body. So they know that like she's in the thick of it. Um, At this point, I mean, Jason is up and around. And so he's coming up in that cabin. (laughs) 
because he wants to kill some people <laughs> and a fire starts in the cabin and at a certain point the fire burns um Lori's arm which well, snaps her out well we do get some important backstory before that happens and that's Lori finds out that her dad didn't kill her mom mm. will was mistaken dad was actually trying to save mom from freddie it was freddie who was killing her when dad was with a knife on the bed trying to save her. that's right that's right and freddie of course has another joke here like you know i've always had a thing for the girls in this house don't worry the first time is a little messy as he's running oh his gosh. claws up her leg and so then the fire burns her and it it snaps her out and she brings him with her mm-hmm. um brings him into the real world where jason is and everything's on fire and he um, is terrified when he realizes Jason he is standing He is there. terrified. <laughs> I enjoyed that so much. But yeah, his face, he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> so the the nerd and Kelly try and like physically manhandle Jason. And I'm like, but why? Like, but why? Um, So like the nerd stabs Jason with a flagpole, but then gets tossed back into a I don't know what kind of spear is just jetting out of the side of this cabin that he yeah, lands like, on it. Yeah, I don't know. So he gets speared, and we know he's in a he's in a bad way. Um, and then Kelly gets totally tossed around, but so like she's hurting as well. Um, but we are officially we've arrived at the final fight in the real world between Jason and Freddie. Um, the teens run off as Jason is beating the absolute snot out of Freddie, and we have metal music in the background because, of course, we do. And Jason, like, completely destroys the cabin with Freddy's body. Like, puts he him does. in the window and just pushes <laughs> him through the wall. Just... <laughs> um, we get we get a quasi-moment between Nerdy Virgin and Kelly Rowland. Um, Nerdy Virgin's, like, leaning up against... He's helped her get out of the cabin and all this stuff. And he's leaning up against a tree, and she's like, I'm gonna go get help. You stay here. I'll be back for you. And of course, he, like, just immediately dies after that. But he's got a little smirk on his face. I guess that's supposed to be sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I like, guess that's... Her Linus moment, redemption for her. I, I mean, it's that. about as thin <laughs> as you can get. It lasts for, like, less than it, 10 seconds. It lasts for two seconds until, uh, Freddie makes a little racist joke here. What does he say? Oh, he does say something. Yeah, because Kelly Rowland. Well, no, I don't know. Oh, what he says to... dark meat. <laughs> yeah, he... that's what it is. He's uh, he's fixated on. So I had questions about this. So Freddie is following Lori and Will like down the dock or something, and Kelly Rowland comes up behind them and says his name, and it's like he gets distracted and yeah, has he... to follow kelly so <laughs> if you invoke the name of freddie does that then Im- no. compel him to follow you no this is just freddie choosing which one he wanted to go after oh my gosh which i don't believe for a second and he decided uh dark meat which yeah, yeah. how about that and then um, she goes on to mock his oh you know your little butter knives what's with the butter knives compensating for something down there jason has his big old machete yeah what kind of a blank runs around in a christmas sweater she says to him (laughs) and she starts yeah just like smack talking him relentlessly and she's just running her mouth and running her mouth and finally you see freddie like kind of 
give he a points with his claw behind. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason's right behind her and just flings her into a tree. Just <laughs> dispatches her with gusto. So she's dead. And this fight turns very Looney Tooney in the real world as well. It does. It really does. So we've got, we don't have just a final girl. We have a final pair at this point because Will and Lori are the only people that are left. And they basically just stay and watch them fight. Because well, yes, Lori's an Freddy idiot. Die. Oh, no, no, no. She doesn't just say it. She's like, he took everything from me. I want to watch him die. Awful so acting. It's so bad. Okay. So we have our Looney Tunes fight. Uh, Freddie and Jason still fighting. We have rocket launching air canisters. We have rebar poles that like <laughs> pin Jason to the ground. But nothing's stopping him. He's still head. coming no. like a machine and like. He's like spurting blood and yeah. like, nope, he's still coming. And we have Freddie that can't stop talking and Jason that's just like perfectly silent. And perfectly silent is way, is way scarier than yeah. incessantly talking. And then Freddy, this idiot, I don't know what it is, this giant metal thing up top, he gets caught, it's swinging from the air, from like a crane, and Freddy mm-hmm. accidentally hooks his ankle into it, he's like, oh no! And like this, because <laughs> <laughs> it's going right for Jason, and Jason just knocks into him. Oh yeah, he gets his hands on him, and they're both fighting, and they get knocked to the dock on the lake. Uh, by the impact of the the grain bucket like i don't even know what part of the camp has all of this machinery well i I guess they were i think in the background you see they were turning it into a development so it was like under construction that makes more sense but uh yeah they're literally fighting (laughs) and then this grain bucket comes running down the ramp and it's literally there's a weird sound effect. It hits them and they go flying through the air. Flying through the air. <laughs> they and they cover some distance. Yeah, because um, they're nowhere near the dock at this point. <laughs> no, they're not. But now they are. Um, so Jason gets a few big slashes in. Freddie ends up cutting Jason's fingers off. Um, all the while Lori is hosing down the dock with gasoline. Um Freddie uses Jason's knife to whack him to bits as he tries to call, crawl away. Uh, Freddie spears Jason through the eyes um, in the middle with his knife fingers. And we get a slow-mo run from Lori with fire at her hands. These oh, my torches. God. Slow. <laughs> as much bouncing as humanly possible. <laughs> and um, Jason digs his fingerless fist into Freddie's belly as... Um, the fire starts to light up and he rips his arms off. Freddie stabs Jason in the heart, which I don't know why we think this matters at any point because Jason's literally been stabbed like everywhere <laughs> and it makes no difference. Um, when the dock explodes with both of them on it and Lori and Will dive into the water to stay safe from the flying flames. Um, they think everything's okay at this point because they're stupid and they're in a horror movie. So Will and Lori are like hugging on the dock, you know, and like, oh, I'm hurt real bad, but we're going to be okay. Um, but guess what? Here comes old Freddy with Jason's knife. And as he raises well, they, to kill Lori. They try to make you seem like it's Jason because it's slow walking. At well, they first. do. You only see the legs. They totally do. But then it's Freddy with Jason's knife. And as he's lifting it up to kill, to kill Lori, 
which we all secretly hope will happen. Jason spears him in the back with his own glove and then slowly falls into the water. Um, Lori then uses Jason's knife to cut Freddy's head off all the while saying, welcome to my world. Beep. Yeah, that's Freddy's favorite word. That's right. Um, As a repeat of what Freddy had said earlier. Uh, Jason sinks into the water after a meaningful look with Lori. Like something passes between them, like an understanding. <laughs> and then he he sinks down into he the water down. he's terrified of. <laughs> <laughs> um and then we get we get a little as like a goodbye, Jason. And then Lori and Will stagger off into the flames and mist. They tore up <laughs> there. <laughs> a little hurt. And then we end like immediately after that, we go to a snapshot of like a fairly calm lake with some mist floating around it's kind of pretty Mm -hmm. um we get a little again (sighs) shot of jason coming up out of the water with freddy's head in his hands and then and you think jason's the victor but then the head winks freddy's eyes open and he winks and you hear him laughing off camera as we cut to plus heavy metal exit i am dumber for having watched this <laughs> is what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> okay. Look, I'm not defending the movie. It's a stupid movie, but it is. When people go to see Freddy versus Jason, they're going for the fight. The fight didn't disappoint. It was goofy, but it was fun. And I like that goofy. they gave they did the first half of the fight in the dream world, then the second mm-hmm. half in the real world. They gave them both the home field advantage. They did. Um, now the original ending, they couldn't get the rights to Pinhead, but he was supposed to show up at the end. Oh, they, snap. Were, they were supposed to. <laughs> you just supposed to see Jason and Freddy duking it out, like just continuously after it all ends, like in the lake, and then chains come up and pull them down to hell. And you're supposed to see Pinhead standing there asking what seemed to be the problem. And is that like his 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 catchphrase? No, but oh, what are the Pinhead uh, thingies called that are his people? Cenobites. That's right. I've never seen it, but I've listened to, I think, most of the Hellraiser version episodes of Ruined. Yep. So he was supposed to be in it. Oh, they're they're a trip. So he was (laughs) supposed to be in it. There were, I mean, when you read, there's a whole book I recommend for people out there, like behind the scenes of movies and stuff. And especially if you like these two franchises, there's a book called Slash of the Titans. And it's all about trying to get this movie made over the years and the different iterations that existed. How do you look at the different iterations that have existed? It is amazing. We definitely got the best version there was. There was one with oh. a literal a literal court case between Freddy and Jason. So it's Freddy v. Jason. No. Mm-hmm. Stop it. There was another one that was going to reveal Freddy as Jason's dad. Like a whole bunch of, there was one with a bunch of Fred heads, like a cult that resurrected Jason because they wanted to put Freddy in his body or like a bunch of weird different versions. No, things considered, this sounds like the best of them. Like you said, it's definitely the simplest one. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid, right? 
K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. That's right. But this movie had a budget of $30 million. It made $116 million. So it's a huge financial success. Critically, it wasn't well-received. Audiences liked it, except for the cop-out ending, which they wanted a real winner. Yeah. I mean, and you could have satisfied two fan bases. Jason fans thought it was more of a nightmare movie. Freddy fans thought it was more of a Jason movie. Yeah. I think it was more of a nightmare movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, surprisingly, they never did a sequel, but that's because the rights reverted, like, right after. So two different companies own the characters now. So oh. hmm. they can never put them together again. But we had being. Jason movies after this and Freddy movies after this. Uh this is really the last one in their series until their remakes. Okay. And then they've been dormant ever since, which it's interesting considering Hit cell, everybody forgot. <laughs> considering the requel phase, like everyone's been getting one, but the two of them have been on the back bench. Now supposedly Peacock's doing a Camp Crystal Lake TV series, like a prequel series, and supposedly Blumhouse is trying to get their hands on Freddy. So we'll see. But okay. it's funny that two of the quintessential 80s infamous slashers have just been kind of backbenched now. It really is. Um, okay, so um, I rank this. There was a follow-up. There was a sequel comic called Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash. Ash being the hero from the Evil Dead franchise. Oh. And supposedly that's what they wanted to do for the actual sequel, but it took place like 16 years later, and uh, Freddy had a new plan, and he wanted to get his hands on the Necromonicon, which is a book of the dead from the Evil Dead, and become all-powerful, and he enlisted Jason's help again. Necromonicon? Um, yep. Wow. So. I don't even know what to say about that. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Evil Dead franchise, but that comic was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Do we rank this? Yeah, against itself. It did have a lioness moment. Kelly Rowland gave the guy a little kiss on the cheek at the end. That's not enough. Uh, okay, I had a second Linus moment. Jason had those big puppy dog eyes that he was giving he to Laurie as he descends into the water <laughs> because she saved his life. So Jason, by the way, is not normally this sympathetic in his own movies, but I guess oh, well, they really yeah. needed to make one of them sympathetic if you're rooting for one. Well, and there's only one possible that of those two that can be sympathetic. Right, because whatever you think of Freddy, how goofy he is, he's a child killer and a molester, and exactly. he's not going to be made to be sympathetic. Not so they bit. kind of turned Frank, turned Jason into like, tried to turn him into like a Frankenstein's monster type thing. Such a choice. <laughs> Such a choice. Um, I, I mean, this like barely gets a 0.5 from me. What? You had yeah, no fun like even hating it? I really didn't. I think you would have had fun if we if we live watched this together. We would have had fun. Different. I think. I know we've used that 
wouldn't this be fun to live watch? Like, wouldn't that be so much better? But like, that doesn't affect, that shouldn't affect my score. It's terrible. If we mystery science theatered this, you would have had a blast. Sure. But that doesn't speak to the quality of the movie. Okay. Well, we are on opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm giving this an eight. Holy crap. Of course, you have nostalgia too. I have nostalgia. And I think it is the perfect, like, late night can't be horror film to watch because i'm not gonna put on the original nightmare that's scary <laughs> let's put the horror movie on that's not scary at all that original scream is scary like i if i want like a horror movie to watch at night i'm gonna put on the goofy one that's not a full-on spoof i mean it's valid one of these years, you said it before, one of these years, I'm going to come out to Tulsa around Halloween for a weekend, and we're just going to, like, binge horror movies. Mm-hmm. Boy, what a time to be alive. What it needs to be, to be better alive. content than this one. Well, I don't, I don't know if there's... <laughs> yeah, you're... <laughs> you... Part of your horror movie education has to be these awful... <laughs> slasher movies from the 80s i'm getting hey listeners i'm giving tom and julia a break next year i didn't put the original nightmare or friday on the schedule next year i put <laughs> i put three fun movies i know they'll like plus scream four and halloween i feel like my rating is going to prompt you to change our schedule next year what rating this one like me giving it I... so low you're gonna be like you know what i'm gonna do no no i'm just i'm just i'm just gonna you know what it may inspire a next ruined series because do you want to do you want to sit through nine freddy movies of him like making all these corny jokes i don't think so (laughs) well 0.5 plus an eight i don't even know what the average is out to like a four a three point something whatever a low score doesn't matter i have brought the score down i apologize apology accepted in spirit of christmas yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) i would love to know aside from our question i asked earlier the question is where do you think on the map elm street is gut instinct when you're watching it you think of elm street what state do you put it in where can they let us know that information? As well as berate me for not liking this movie. Yeah. Or berate me for talking it up. Uh, <laughs> linktree.com slash tis the podcast. You can get to all our social medias there. Our Twitter, our Instagram, our all but defunct Reddit at this point, and our Facebook mm. group. Um, that's the most active. It's been very active lately. It always gets very active as they move through these burr months, September, October, November, December um so that's the place you want to be everyone's excited for halloween and thanksgiving and christmas um you get to talk to us there uh you get to talk to other friends you've heard on the show before who are way cooler than us um and you can also get to our patreon julia what can they find there like a ton of good stuff especially this month a lot of fun new content coming including what would feel very familiar to tonight's episode except flipped um, and with a lot more knowledge because um, Anthony and I are doing a um, inspired by ruined series 
where he walks me through a horror film I will never see because it just seems too scary. Um, and let's and spoils the ending for me because really it's all I care about is what actually happens in the movie without having to watch it. So we've got the two Terrifier movie, movies that are out currently um, in Patreon. Uh, coming to or already in, remind me. Um. So by the time this episode drops on Monday, the first Terrifier will be live for people to listen nice. to. And um, we went on and, to do the second one. Yep, which will come out two days from now when you're okay. listening to this. And we have... um we'll be doing the new exorcist. Oh, we did the original exorcist movie, which I assume will come out after that one. And then we will be doing the brand new exorcist movie that just came out in theaters because I won't watch those movies sometime before the month ends. So we can get it in for spooky season. Just gotta get Julia's schedule there, but that movie, man, that already hits digital next week. So it's not doing well. Yeah. Holy moly. Um, You'll also have, already live on patreon it dropped a few days ago um me and jay and ron and kendall and jerry d and matt spaulding count down our top 10 favorite horror movie moments uh i think most of us had a moment from a nightmare on elm street on there actually i think i was the only one who had a different moment than everyone else everyone else had was in agreement which moment it was but uh, that's what yep they all thought i said it was the claw coming out of the bathtub while she was sleeping oh yeah um so that's live uh by the time you listen to this yesterday sunday the 15th in our main feeds we dropped our horror bracket episode that i did with Lindsay and ron and kendall and matt and that one's loads of fun so check Mm -hmm. that out it's really long, but I'll keep you entertained on your commute and through the workday. I'm excited um, about that one. And yeah, tons of good stuff. Um, nice. And speaking of Terrifier, I will be seeing Terrifier 2 again in cinemas November 1st because they're attaching the two-minute trailer for Terrifier 3 exclusively to the movie. And the first hundred oh, people at each theater get a Terrifier 3 poster. And I want that clown on my wall. Oh, I can't. Don't put it in. I'm going to put him right there so Julia has to stare stare at him every time we're recording. Art the Clown. That's unacceptable. Man, there's no way Sarah would let me do that anyway. She does (laughs) not like that, too. (laughs) (laughs) She's smart people. (laughs) Um, So lots of really good stuff coming in Patreon. Um, Lots of good stuff coming in our main feed, too. We will be closing Spooky Month out in just a few weeks. Um, Shocking. We're almost out of October, which is insane. Um, But we've got um, uh, Halloween Town High next week with Tom, when Tom is back with us, um, for a bit of lighter Halloween fare. And then after that, we're going to be covering Halloween Kills. Um, Is that with guests? No. Okay. Uh, and Halloween Kills is from this year, last year, two years ago, or three two years, years ago. ago. <laughs> okay, it's the second in the David Gordon Green trilogy, hmm. requel trilogy. So next year, we'll cover Halloween Ends, which is the end, obviously. Gotcha. And uh, smart, then we'll take a break from Michael Myers because that's my favorite Michael Myers timeline. So no need to okay. go back to the old ones, and that's with um, current day jamie lee curtis right yeah gray hair jamie lee curtis love her yes 
So her. I'm excited what you guys, what you'll think of Halloween Kills because you quite liked the original. Yeah. And I think you quite liked the 2018 one with her as well. I liked it. Yes, I did. I was surprisingly liked it. And so this I like, one cont- I like a continues. bad A Jamie Lee Curtis with gray hair. And this one takes place right after that one, same night. So excellent. And then it will be a return once we hit November to Christmas content. We have some stuff scheduled based on release dates, but we're still waiting on some release dates. So we're going to call an audible as things are released. So just leading to the anticipation of the season, as far as I'm concerned. All I know is I'm excited because Charlene, our great friend Charlene, is coming on to discuss Candy Cane Lane with us in December. And we haven't had her on at all this year. So long overdue. I love Charlene. Me too. She's a delight. She is a delight. Well, unlike this movie, which was not a delight, I do have good news. What's the good news? Are we getting a sequel? (laughs) Lord, I hope not. (laughs) Um, We only have 1,680 hours until Christmas. That's 70 days. Tomorrow's 69 days, guys. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. That's 10 weeks, 10 weeks, 10 Mondays to get your Christmas shopping done, folks. It's like five weeks until Thanksgiving. That's like a, this is where it happens. It's single digits next week. And this is where it happens, where I'm like, I got a lot to get done so that I can savor the days. Actually, my parents put up so they're not decorating fully this year. Because yeah. they're going to be in Florida, but they did put up one tree already Aww. because uh, they're going to be in Florida the next few weeks. So they decided to get it up and out of the way, they said. So that was nice. Love that, that was fun. We went over there for dinner the other night and they already took out their holiday plates. There was the night before Christmas. Oh, uh, I love plates. holiday plates. So, yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited. Exciting. I'm excited, too. Julia, this, this was, was this was fun. Was fun. I like how even with bad movies, we have a lot of fun talking about it's, them. Sometimes it's more fun with bad movies. Yeah, it, it, I think it is too. Bad mm-hmm. movies are there's some disagreements, polite disagreements, because good movies, we all like the same part. I mean, they're good. Mm-hmm. It would suck if we only covered bad movies, but I mean, bad <laughs> movies are fun. <laughs> well, everybody, do your homework um halloween town high next week with tom back again oh, welcome to my nightmare me too a little if you think this was bad i watched this the other day when we thought we were recording this tonight i was like oh man forgot how bad this one was didn't age well i guess huh nope mm. that should be fun <laughs> do your homework come back and talk to us we'll be back in a week bye y'all bye